This week on Friday Night History, A Forest of English, Shogunate Foreign Policy, and the first push to build an English-Japanese dictionary. Salutations, you fantastic denizens of the internet! This is Dr. Nairi A. Bakalian, and you are listening to Friday Night History, your favorite historical romp with your favorite history dyke. A Forest of English Last week, we talked about the Phaeton Incident, where, during the Napoleonic Wars in 1808, Fleetwood Broughton Reynolds Pellew took his Royal Navy warship into Nagasaki Harbor, kidnapped a couple of Dutch merchants, and almost provoked a war because of a lack of a common language. While the incident ultimately only took the life of then-Nagasaki magistrate Matsudaira Yasuhide, it exposed the shogunate's weakness to protect against foreign incursion as well as its interpreter's lack of any meaningful familiarity with the English language. The shogunate immediately changed the military disposition of forces in the Nagasaki area, as well as the signaling system used by the Coast Guard fortifications, but it also turned its attention to improving its translator's familiarity with English. Now, before we talk about English, we have to talk a little bit about European languages in Japan up to that point. By 1808, the European language with the longest history in Japan was Portuguese. It had been the language of some of the friars who had visited Japan first during the 16th century, though the Portuguese and Spaniards were later banned from Japan for religious reasons. That being said, Portuguese remains the source of several Japanese loanwords, some you've probably heard before, like tempura and pan. There was also some awareness of Russian by 1808, as the Russian Imperial Navy made forays into Ezochi, modern Hokkaido, and encountered troops of northern Honshu domains sent there for Coast Guard duty. House of Date, my guys up north, uh, were a rather important contingent among those Coast Guard troops. But while there had been a few Englishmen in 17th century Japan, And indeed, they'd once had a trading post in Nagasaki themselves. They'd lost interest and left the Dutch, who'd been in Japan since the very late 16th century, the sole European country trading with Japan. By the 19th century, the study of European language, technology, medicine, and more was all shorthanded as rangaku, Dutch studies. And regardless of the country of origin of a given thing, it was the Dutch studies scholars that were the authority on it and who usually worked with it. After the Phaeton incident, the shogunate established the Office for Translation of Barbarian Books, Bansho Wage Goyo in Japanese, and it would be Rangaku scholars who were significantly involved in its operation. Takahashi Kageyasu, Baba Teiyu, Otsuki Gentaku, and Aochi Rinso were its central figures. It would later become the Office for Research of Barbarian Books, Bansho Shirabesho. Meanwhile, the shogunate also ordered the compilation of English dictionaries and the general improvement of its interpreter's ability in English. And it was to one such scholar, Modoki Shouzaimon, to whom fell the task of leading the compilation of the first Japanese-English dictionary. Motoki, son of an earlier Nagasaki-based interpreter named Motoki Yoshinaga, 
1735 to 1794, was part of a family that had been in the translation business for generations, first from Portuguese, then from Dutch. Motoki's translations included Neue Richter Boshilgietere Kunst by Gerrit van der Toren, which was translated as Kaigenhojitsubio, and was one of the texts on foreign military methods that influenced the shogunate's attempts at military reform. Motoki studied English with John Cock Blomhoff, 1779-1853, the director, Opperhoeft, of the Dutch trading facility in Nagasaki, who had some command of English. Blomhoff succeeded Hendrik Doff, who we learned about last week as the embattled director of the facility during the years of the Napoleonic Wars, but had himself previously been a director of the same facility some years prior. Unlike any of his predecessors, on his second trip to Japan, Blomhoff went to Nagasaki with his wife, Titia Bergsma, infant son Johannes, and Johannes's wet nurse, Petronella Munz, as well as an Indonesian maid named Marathi and a young male Javanese servant whose name I haven't been able to track down. The household attracted the attention of the Japanese people it came in contact with, and Bergsma and Munz were the first Western women to have visited Japan, and they were a popular topic of portraiture at the time. So, a product of Motoki's study with Blomhoff was the compilation of a Japanese interpretation of the English language, Angeria Kokugo Wage, which I will hereafter call Interpretation. This was released in 1811, soon followed by a collection of English words, or more literally, a collected forest of English, Angeria Gorin Taisei, in 1814. Follow the link to the blog post to check out a fully digitized copy of Interpretation here. For their combined work in compiling Interpretation, the shogunate rewarded Motoki and Blomhoff both. Motoki received 10 pieces of silver, while Blomhoff was presented with 50 bags of charcoal. Interpretation comprised 10 volumes. It offers not just definitions, but an introduction to the English alphabet, all of them Dutch-tinged, in pronunciation, owing to Motoki's study with a non-native speaker. Parts of interpretation are just words with a single definition in Japanese, while other parts of it are more like a phrase book. Some examples include, and I haven't corrected these, so if you're listening to the podcast, check out the blog post to see the spellings, which are close but not quite right. Quote, What time my you find one at home? And, You shall be welcome. And, Sir, I am much beholding to you that you do take that pains for me. And, it is true, Sir Palmer Fairbrun, all the town did much lament for his death. And, without doubt, it was a brave action. And to say the truth, the English fought as they so to do like lions. Quote. Rather rough-hewn, and not quite a dictionary in the strictest sense, reading the scanned document, I find myself wondering just how much the shogunate honestly expected to get out of it. But Motoki built upon it in a few short years, presenting the shogunate with A Forest of English a few years later, in 1814. A Forest of English was upwards of 6,000 words, and for this he was again rewarded by the shogunate, this time with 15 pieces of silver. And unlike interpretation, it was Japan's first actual English-Japanese dictionary. This, like its predecessor, also had plenty of flaws, starting from the pronunciation, which remained Dutch-tinged. 
Japanese study of English continued piecemeal, mostly through books over the ensuing decades, and improved in fits and starts. Visitors during those years, some of which overlapped with the No Second Thoughts order that we talked about in a recent episode, noted that there was some knowledge of English among Japanese interpreters whom they encountered. You might recall that during his July 1846 visit to Uraga, attempting to open trade negotiations, U.S. Commodore James Biddle was given a message in English from shogunate officials. This is how Sakamaki Shunzo reproduces it in his 1939 dissertation on Japan-U.S. relations. Quote, According to the Japanese laws, the Japanese may not trade except with the Dutch and Chinese. It won't be allowed that America make a treaty with Japan or trade with her, as the same is not allowed to any other nation. Concerning strange lands, all things are fixed at Nagasaki, but not here in the bay. Therefore, you must depart as quick as possible and not come any more in Japan. This is the English translation for comparison, of a Japanese original which Sakamaki rendered into English as follows. At this time, you were said to have requested saying that you wish to trade with our country, but as the laws strictly forbid new intercourse and commerce with foreign nations, you should set sail at once. In recent years, several times have countries asked for trade, but these requests have been made in vain, and it will be the same with your country no matter how many times you may come again. The national laws provide that matters concerning foreign countries shall be handled at Nagasaki, so that such matters are not handled here in Uraga. Never come again with requests, for there can be no settlement if you come here. A decent translation, I think. But it wasn't until Ronald McDonald's whirlwind visit and subsequent incarceration in Nagasaki in 1848 that the English language instruction by a native speaker first came to Japan, where Motoki's study had been with a non-native speaker and study in the years that followed were either through more non-native speakers or alternatively the written word, MacDonald was at last able to offer pointers on improved grammar and spelling and also correct pronunciation. He even notes that some of his students picked up American naval slang, words like grog and shiver me timbers. Fourteen men studied with MacDonald while he waited under guard for the next American vessel to take him home. His students were Nishi Yoichiro, Uemura Sakushichiro, Nishi Keitaro, Ogawa Keijuro, Shioya Tanesaburo, Nakayama Hyoma, Inomata Dennosuke, Shizuki Tatsuichiro, Iwase Yashiro, Horiichiro, Shige Takanosuke, Namura Tsunenosuke, Moriyama Einosuke, and Motoki Shozaemon. Now, here I have to say, I was mistaken in prior episodes. This is not the same Motoki Shozaemon, but rather the son of the one who compiled the dictionary. Their names are pronounced the same, but the show of this Shozaemon is spelled differently. Check out the blog post to see what the difference is in kanji. This Motoki Shozaemon was the father of Motoki Shozo, 1824-1875, who continued the family tradition in study of English and work as a translator and interpreter for the shogunate until its demise. Today, of course, things are different. We can fire up an app or a browser and translate between Japanese and English and back again with near instantaneous speed. Or we can look up words that we might be missing and do it just as fast. But the elder Motoki Shozaemon's Angeria Kokugo Wage was a beginning. 
I'm Nairi, and this has been Friday Night History. Now, questions? Friday Night History is a weekly historical romp with me, your favorite history dyke, Dr. Nairi A. Bakalian. Our theme is Buga Blue, written by Craig Friedrich, performed by the U.S. Army Blues, and available royalty-free at pixabay.com music. This and more is made possible by listeners like you. To support Friday Night History and the rest of my work and get early access, sign up today at patreon.com slash riversidewings. That's all for this week of Friday Night History. Next week, Sendai Miso, the house of Date, a supply chain for military provisions, and a flavor that endures to the present. Hope to see you there. And remember, who you are and what lights your fire is worth fighting for. I'll see you around. <laughs>